0: Hello, and welcome to the Surface Tension Podcast. My name is Alex. My co-host over here is Craig. We are going to be exploring deep questions and looking for deep answers to spiritual questions and questions about life in general. We're happy to have you here, and here we go. Hi, welcome to our podcast, starting
1: with a question for you, Alex. Great. What do you think most people think about deathbed conversions?
0: They're probably uh, what they say is probably different from how they feel. They're they're probably saying, "Isn't that great?" But deep down, they're like, "Gosh, I've been working so hard. I've been focused. This is a whole lot of BS. <laughs> this ain't right."
1: So, let's, and maybe we need to kind of define for our audience uh, what what is a deathbed conversion.
0: I mean, the most extreme example, I would say, is an inmate on death row who's about to get the chair. And then he's just like, you know what? I accept Jesus into my heart. And I was like, dude, you just did a whole lot of bad stuff. What? Yeah. what? yeah. And then there's the person who's maybe been agnostic or an atheist or maybe of a different faith for their whole life. And their clock is ticking and shot clock's running out and they're in the hospital or they're at home on their last legs. And then they're like, you know what? I'm all in on JC. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'm going to take the express trip straight to heaven. Yeah, That's what your understanding is, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. And you know what I'm curious about? And here's kind of the, the big question. What if my response to the deathbed conversion is the best indication of my understanding of grace.
0: I mean, it probably is, right? I don't even know if that that one's up for debate. That's. But how, it shouldn't bug anyone who's.
1: Why is that? Because it happens if you understand
0: the, time. the heart of the Father, you view that as a beautiful chance in saying, "Hey, uh, the Father's reached out to." This person and touched their heart in a way that only he could, and it had to come to these circumstances. And isn't it beautiful that this person, um, isn't it beautiful that our God has the heart that he does to extend uh, his love and who he is? at a moment's notice. I think that's really cool. And if we understand that, then we have an appreciation for what grace is and that none of us actually deserve it. Right? Like whether you're the, the deathbed or whether you're somebody who's eh, on the outside, you look like you're doing great. Neither of us quote unquote deserve grace and deserve salvation, but that's why it's impressive. Uh, Grace and salvation; otherwise, those things wouldn't be um, so spectacular and mind-expanding and heart-expanding.
1: So, what do you do if you hear about? And maybe it's not a, a an inmate on death row. Maybe it's someone who created great wealth through devious ways, and all of a sudden, now- Tony
0: Montana, Scarface, <laughs> Dealing Blow. Oh,
1: yeah, and and now they're they're enormously successful, not even necessarily someone who's a criminal, it's just someone who took shortcuts or was devious or undercut their, uh, op- opponents in, in ruthless ways. And now they have a huge mansion on the beach and they say, you know what?
0: The, Jesus the, the I can't the believe say, it's not butter people <laughs> who pulled a fast one on this whole, you that's, know,
1: those, those people, that's yeah, what I'm talking about. Totally. And so our hearts natural response to that is to go no i mean how many times have we been trying to tell someone about the grace of god and they bring up they throw the the hitler card down oh are you telling me that if hitler would have somehow said at the end of it all i believe in jesus then he would be in heaven i've heard people
0: that's the most unremarkable and uh, low imagination example that whenever i hear that out of anybody and be like oh jesus and hitler and then i'm just like why is
1: that not impressive for you
0: i mean i guess it is but like it's kind of a tired cliche at this point i've heard it too many times where i'm like we need uh yeah. just expand me on different examples show me you know more than one guy yes <laughs> <laughs> or two guys
1: because you want to throw stalin or some yeah someone else yeah, yeah. put different. Mao in the
0: in yes. the example you coward Pol pot yeah, yeah. Totally. Sorry, I'm derailing us.
1: No, that's all right. So do you think most, if we were to poll 100 Christians at church, and you were to say, what do you think of the person on their deathbed who has lived like a pagan their whole life and then says yes to Jesus, what is your heart's response to that? Uh, What do you think they would say? What do most Bible-believing, church-going Christians think about those people.
0: I'll go back to what I said, uh, almost right off the bat is where they might say the right thing, but their heart would be elsewhere. And I understand that. That's just kind of a, to echo the point that you're making is like, it, it doesn't sit well with us Mm. if we're in a worldly lane, right? Like, I mean, from what you're speaking about, it sounds like you have firsthand experience seeing something of this nature or thinking about it. And it created an opportunity for you to probably jump to the wrong place. Hmm. But in doing so, that also is an opportunity for good questions and potential growth. You know, let's not let something like that go to waste. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. a really good thing to highlight because it comes up, I think reasonably often with, uh, all things, church, faith, Jesus. Yeah, There's all these scenarios that are going on, uh, right. that are quite commonplace.
1: W- what would it have taken? Uh, many of our listeners probably know the story of the prodigal son and his return. This went out, lived wildly and then came back.
0: Yeah. You really introduced me to this, uh, this parable in a, in a big way. I I'd never taken a deep dive on any parable in the way that we approached it. And it was mind expanding and spirit expanding. And it was just, it was so much fun. I didn't realize that uh, we could get into such important spiritual and philosophical truths and the questions that go with those truths it was just, yeah that that whole time that we really studied the prodigal that was just a time that I could point to as a time of immense spiritual growth. Yeah. We would just go to the coffee shop every week, and how long did we spend on it? Uh,
1: probably ten, maybe eleven weeks, uh, maybe twelve, there was quite a few, isn't and, and that amazing was amazing. Because we would try to read a chapter or a section, we were actually going through the book, the Henry Nouwen book, uh, Return of the Prodigal Son, and um, w- we had a really hard time getting through a, a couple of paragraphs or sentences because they were so compelling and gripping. Yeah, uh, and it just created a different category, which is what I'm really wanting to do with this question of: We have the prodigal and he returns. What would have been needed in the older son's operating system for him to have run next to the father when he saw his younger brother what what it what needed to happen for him to be as excited to see his younger brother
0: as his as his dad was a total heart change mm-hmm. the the older brother's attitude towards The prodigal coming home. That makes so much sense to me.
1: Yeah, it makes sense in our flesh, doesn't it? Totally, it's the obvious thing. Be like, listen, you—you
0: went out into the world, you partied, you You were living half
1: of our family's wealth,
0: right? Like, you are an idiot. I stayed home. I did all the right things. Get lost. Like we buried you, you are dead to us. Mm -hmm. And the father um, of the two brothers said, my son is reborn. My son died and came, came back to life. But boy, did the older brother not have that in him? I wonder what the older brother's spiritual journey after the parable looked like. I mean, we've talked about this is, Okay, the parable ends. Right now, what? Now what? Now what with each of them? What's the father's role moving forward? What's the development track of the prodigal now that he is rediscovering his faith? He's had an encounter with God. Yeah, but it's not as though he, it's just uh, you know he didn't just run through a finish line. He started a new journey, right? Yeah. And the older brother is perhaps on the most difficult journey. Of all three of them, right? Because the father is pretty secure in the way that he's moving uh, in the world, right? Yes. In the parable. So, because he is the uh, parallel of God, so he should have a handle on things. Uh, but I I see the older brother as having the most challenging time moving forward. And so he de- he deserves compassion even though if you're looking at a really surface level reading of that parable he is the antagonist of that story yeah like he is the bad dude you come away from that saying like the older brother what a bad guy but he's not he's he's human and in a lot of ways he has every right to resent his brother Hmm. and say you need to answer for all your BS. Right? I don't know. What do you think?
1: Well, and again, I don't know. To me, it's intriguing to try to say what would it take, what change in his operating system. What? Let's assume he was asking the wrong questions as he was moving through his day. Right? He was. Every single one of us ask ourselves hundreds of questions every single day. Most of us don't even understand or know the questions that are flying around our operating system right and in yeah. our, our own internal processing in our head our heart our soul and let's assume that somehow the older brother's questions weren't the right questions his soul questions weren't the right ones as he was moving through his day because his response wasn't the right one. Let's backpedal to this deathbed conversion. I'm, I'm a Christian. I say, Hey, that's horrible because I've been doing this my entire life. And how can someone else get the same thing in a few moments? Right.
0: That means it's so interesting because the older brother was, he was close to the father in physical proximity the whole time. Yes. physically. But, but he wasn't to speak to your point, he wasn't asking his father, How do I become more like you? Because that had there's no way that was the first time hmm. the older brother saw his father act in a way that was remarkable or surprising in a overwhelmingly positive way, right? That you there's just there's no way to live with somebody of that spiritual um uh, I don't know uh, prowess, and not pick up a thing or two. So, how was he so close, but how did he miss so much? Is the question that I have.
1: I I just love that the question you asked was is gold, and I don't want to rush past that. Okay, I want to highlight it and double underline it. Because you said, "How can I become more like you?" He was close to the f- father in physical proximity, but whatever questions he was asking, you know, "How can I keep dad off of my back? How mm-hmm. can I just check the box,
0: right? Make sure the chickens lay enough eggs, and I take him to the market right. and make some checks." His
1: his words of the pro- the older son's words were a sense, in a sense, that he his posture was he was working for a, um, a slave owner. I have slaved this entire time doing everything you've demanded of me. Hmm. It's so interesting to look at the language that he's using because it's very uh, inflammatory. You know, it's not, hey, tender, loving father. It's this demanding taskmaster that he's just pacifying with his behavior. He-
0: Sounds like the kind of guy who starts a project and doesn't really read the manual yeah. <laughs> or ask somebody who's done it before to help out. Like he just goes and applies maximum effort and then yeah. says, I did everything that I was supposed to do. To look at how hard I've been working, but it's yes. like you didn't need to do all the things that you've been doing. There was a much quicker way to get to where you want it to be. You can get there with much more finesse. Yeah. You just have to listen. I'm open to giving you some coaching on all things that you're doing. Yes. But he probably wasn't somebody who was asking for help. Mm-hmm. He was probably somebody who was very self-assured. And maybe the older brother was accomplished at running an estate, running a farm. But
1: this father was a, had a heart of compassion because the younger son would not have found it appealing to be a hired hand. He knew how his dad treated the hired hands, right? Hmm. He knew the respect, the compassion he had that. And what you're saying is that the older son, had he been asking the question, dad, how can I become more like you, he may have gleaned
0: more of his heart. Did it go through the prodigal's head? Was it said expressly, I I can't remember whether he acknowledged, like, my father is a good man, and I can go back to him, and I will be safe. I don't know if that was fleshed out all the way. I knew he was exhausted, eating pig slop, and inches from spiritual, if not actual, death. Yeah. But did it ever go into him saying, I remember how my father was back before all this and I'm going to go back to it or was it simply, I don't have anywhere else to go. And so I think I, I think I'm going to go home and I'm going to take that risk. Was it, was he taking a risk or did he know exactly what he was going back to? I guess is what I'm asking. I wish we knew. Right.
1: And the prodigal and every, every one of us would probably have a different thought map and how we would fill that in, right? Some of us would say, boy, I know the heart of, of the father well enough to know that he's going to take take me home. And others might say, I don't know, I'm going to roll the dice and take a gamble, and <laughs> maybe this will go well for me, maybe it won't. His realization when he was in that faraway land was, what am I doing here? My my My, my father's hired hands have it better than I do. I'm just going to go ask to be one of them. And so that's all we know from the text. Mm-hmm. It's good to stay close to the text sometimes on that. But right. I also like using the imagination and say, I, I, I dream that there would be a time when the older son would run lockstep with the father when he saw his younger brother and saying, ah, there he is, he's coming back. But he he didn't seem to have that heart. And I guess that's what I'm most concerned with because it doesn't matter if we're the younger son or the older son. Eventually, if we've had an encounter with God, we tend to become the older son and we tend to become a little bit more judgmental of the people around us that are running at a different pace than we are, walking a different direction than we are. Sure. And I love your question of how can I become more like you, Dad? How can I become more like... More like the father. What do you think that journey would have looked like for that older son had he asked that question more? What would he have seen differently than he was actually seeing? Because he was seeing the father. Wrong question, he's going to see the father as a taskmaster. Right question, he's going to start seeing the father in a different light.
0: I'd agree with that. Who knows? He could have been the stubborn uh, fella who waited all the way to the end uh, of the end of his days and he's on his deathbed and he says, damn it. My dad was right about a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I didn't get to know him well enough. That's a, that's tragic, right?
1: Yes. And I,
0: it would be nice if he started asking the right questions, paying attention and saying how is my father able to do what he's doing? Why is he doing this? Who is he at his core that makes him the way he is? These are all great questions that we wish he would ask that would expedite his process in moving towards having that big, open, welcoming heart and one of grace and forgiveness. But you can't force that timeline upon him. I don't think it's, that will happen to him and for him when it happens. The the older brother, right? Like he could have gone on for years holding a grudge against his brother. We don't know that, right? But you tell me what you're thinking about related to all of this. How quickly do you think the older brother could have started changing his heart and, why Why would he even feel compelled to? Maybe he felt morally righteous in his turning up his nose at his younger brother and maybe he didn't even see anything wrong with it. So how do you start to coach somebody or how does somebody start asking questions if yeah. they already think that they're yes. in the right yeah. and they're handling the situation entirely correctly?
1: Yeah. I, you're asking really good questions and... Most of the time, what we do is we put ourselves in the character's shoes and say, "What would I do?" And if with I all put, stories, we do if that. if i put if I put myself in the shoes of the older brother, as the story is written, the story would continue. Um, and so the older brother did not go into the party. He walked to the edge of a barn and grabbed his journal and started writing. <laughs> and started writing. sounds like wishful thinking
0: to me, but go ahead. uh,
1: I would start because uh, to me, that would have been a very confusing thing. Anytime I get confused, I try to go to my journal. I try to capture moments and try to capture what happened. Okay, my head is sewn to the carpet. My brother came back. My father welcomed him back. We had this conversation where my father says, you are all I... Uh, you are always with me. All I have is yours. Mm-hmm. And full stop, I have to ask myself the question, is that enough? Wait, that, that is true. I am I'm always with the Father. Everything he has is is mine. It's ours. Why is that enough? Not enough. Why, do Do I really not want the Father? Maybe I don't really want the Father. Because to me, the question that you brought out, Dad, how can I be more like you, assumes that you want to be with that person. Do you think the prodigal or the older son really wanted to be with the father? Is that what he wanted, or did he want something else? Again, we're painting he the had margin to, here. but He
0: had to have wanted something else. What On what was his heart and mind fixated. We don't know. I mean, we can speculate. Maybe it was on inheriting the farm and doing it, uh, doing it his way that he thought was correct. And boy, I'm
1: sure I'm I'm sure I'm anxious to have dad die so I can start treating these hired servants the way I want them to. Right. Really ramp up business. Let's go. We're going to get back the part of the farm we had to sell when my Younger idiotic brother ran away. Um, so we have a problem in the beginning. As I'm writing in my journal at the barn, I'm realizing, wait a minute, I don't even want the father. I, I don't. I don't want him, and I'm never going to become like him if I don't want him.
0: Does the older brother understand his father at all?
1: He might. And my guess is, again, it's kind of just funny to play with this story at this level. My guess is if he understands him accurately, he doesn't like him because Hmm. he's functioning in a different way um, than he wants him to. And how interesting is it, if if we're going to continue to doctor-fill the story of the prodigal son. Yeah, why not? How interesting is it that the son is putting on the father, the The older brother is putting on the father, I've slaved over this, I've never done something that you didn't want me to. You know, he's he's making this argument of this taskmaster father that wasn't the reality of the father, but that's probably who he would be as the father.
0: Right? Yeah, definitely.
1: So he's projecting his own operating system on onto the
0: father and saying, this is the way you are. And he's
1: like, son, you are always with me, everything I have is yours.
0: Well, you've highlighted that as a pitfall to, and you've cautioned against it, don't make God a bigger, uh, meaner version of yourself. Yeah. That, it, that's, so, that's a mistake that, it it's not tricky or it's not difficult to imagine somebody going there and saying, God is just a bigger, angrier version of what I think are my most profound thoughts.
1: Yes. So important. And if we were to back up to our original kind of deathbed conversion, big picture thing, responding, the older brother really just needs to understand that, as you so eloquently said earlier, it's not about what we are doing and have done. It's about what Jesus has done and is doing right if 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 we are basing the merit of our life now and our eternal life on what we are doing and our performance we're in trouble because we're going to use that same measuring rod to the people around us and if we realize wow there's really nothing i can do to receive this and it's a beautiful pure gift then it's a pure gift for everyone available to everyone. You're thinking, I can see you. You're noodling.
0: I'm just thinking about which brother each listener identifies with most. Right. Cause we probably index towards one of the two brothers and yeah. how we're operating yes. where we're either kind of out in the world a little reckless or maybe that's been part of our story or maybe we grew up in church and we've been doing all the right things. And ultimately, I mean, our biggest takeaway from studying the prodigal is how do we move towards being more like the father? I mean, we can't hammer that point home enough. Your, your line of thinking though is why don't we want to, why don't we want to spend time with him? Why don't we want to be like him? That's a really tricky question. Cause it seems so obvious mm. saying, Oh, of course we would, but it's look at both, both brothers not wanting to spend time either authentically or yeah. at all with, with their father. Right. That's,
1: yeah, Psalm 63 says as the deer pants for the water so my soul longs after you God and it is so interesting to do a little quick self check how is 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 the father really what my soul is longing after <laughs> what what is what is it longing after and maybe it's longed after other things for so long that we've actually convinced ourselves that those other things are going to somehow bring satisfaction that the father won't. And maybe we need a self check to go, no, no, there's only one truly satisfying thing in this life and the next. And, and it's God.
0: That's such a challenging thing for somebody like myself who grew up in a secular world full of gadgets, gizmos, immediate gratification, internet, everything like that. It's, it's tricky yeah. to pivot towards that and say, God, I want you the most. Yeah. yeah. I understand that if people right. struggle with that or they've found that the things in their life are pulling them off course, that doesn't surprise me. And it shouldn't surprise you if you're hearing this and you're like, that kind of describes me a little bit. That shouldn't be surprising. Yeah. That's kind of the way the world's been constructed is it's bells, whistles, and thingamabobs where anything but god yes. is is what uh the world's telling you to pay attention to. Yes.
1: And and how blessed are we if the holy spirit's able to just interject a question in our mind to say is it possible that this wasn't designed to satisfy my my deepest needs? Is it possible something else, someone else is designed to satisfy those soul core needs that every single one of us have.
0: Getting to that place for somebody who just has never experienced that is challenging. That's been a big part of, that was a bigger part of the early part of my walk, I would say.
1: Yeah. And maybe like the older son demonstrated is we can't work our way to believing that. We have to experience it. We have to experience it in community with other people. We have to experience it with the Father. You know, I told you I was kind of in a little bit of a funk the last couple weeks. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, hey, what brought you out of the funk? And I'm like, you know, I just, I heard words of tenderness of God's love for me and I experienced that and something changes inside of you when you actually have a conversation with God and you're reminded of His love. It's not necessarily... Written in the pages of Scripture, oh, God is love, okay, good, that, and that's helpful for me, and it's right, and it's true. But when we hear that in our soul, either directly from God or from someone else, a friend who is able to communicate that God message uh, in, in living color for us, something changes beautifully in our, in our heart, our mind, our soul, and things change.
0: I know we kind of talked about the older brother's timeline yeah, and how long it took him to start asking the right questions. Yeah. What can we do? The two of us, anybody listening to this to shorten our path to the father today, to being more like the father. I mean, I'm sure there's obvious answers. Get in the word, pray, if we could really hit the nail squarely on the head and say, this is maybe not the most obvious way, but it could be one of the better ways. Yeah. What does that look like? What do you think, how would you advise somebody listening to this to say, I'm willing to investigate Hmm. or I'm willing to move. More towards the father today because I'm intrigued.
1: Yeah, you is interesting. After our last recording, you asked me a question as you were leaving. This Is one of those throwaway questions that you're like,
0: "Hey," I was like, "Whoa, that was really good." Happens every week. Um, as soon as we stop recording, some good right. stuff. Oh yeah, shows up.
1: And and you asked if 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 you were just going to focus on one word that was going to kind of revolutionize your spiritual life, what would it be? Some Something like that. You asked me just this kind of really big question that you were asking for in a single word, you know, like, it's the most important word in Christianity, something, you know, I don't know what it was exactly how you phrased it. I don't remember either. You're fishing for, uh, uh, in a sense, a one-word marching order, right? Yeah. The North Star, what's North Star? And all I gave you at that time was the first thought that came to me, and I said, Hallowed. Right. H- hallowed. It's hallowed is this huge important word that Jesus says this is the beginning. If we aren't adoring God, if we aren't giving him space to have his proper place in our heart in the universe, if we if we aren't pausing to be captivated by a the God of the universe that created everything that there is who's still interested in me, who cares for me, who listens to me. If I am not hallowing, honoring, bringing weight in the proper place in my life to that person, then today is going to be wonky, I guarantee you. And so that would probably be my short toolkit for the older son, for the younger son, for
0: those of us who are... Start noticing how amazing God is and thank him for it. Yes. Find him in more things than you would typically notice on a daily basis. Yes. Get out of your routine and see something beautiful.
1: Yeah. And thank him for it. Right. You know, there's a huge difference between, boy, I... I Look at this amazing thing that I just accomplished, and it's like, really? Did I just do that, or did God we'll recognize,
0: and then immediately follow up with uh, gratitude, right? Yes.
1: Thank you, God. Forgive me for trying to tithe some of your glory in what you're doing here in this situation. This is yours. And yeah, I, and I do think that is amazing. And for some reason, these sons, although they had an amazing father, weren't noticing that they they weren't noticing nor appreciating nor giving this prodigal father this lavish father the right weight and place in their their hearts their time their attention their affection
0: i want to go reread the prodigal yeah yeah so powerful
1: and I need to probably write in my journal a little bit more to say, God, help me understand why I'm not captivated more by you. <laughs> you are worthy of me being astonished by you all the time. Why do I only find you astonishing some of the time? So, Boy, I hope you enjoyed some of the Questions and thoughts that we had here today. Hope it was an encouragement and inspiration on your journey towards embracing this father who has run after you and is throwing his arms around you and saying, I love you. Welcome home. Have a great day.